0: Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and in this episode, I had a great conversation with teen investor Jack Rosenthal. And the idea of bringing him on the show was to try and figure out how to get kids involved in investing. Specifically, my kids, I've got two kids. One of them is 13, the other one's a little bit younger. And they've seen some of the things that I do with trading and charting and options but to be honest with you, they're not really that interested. It's a little bit over their head as is, you know, a lot of trading like short-term stuff. So I thought I'd bring on Jack to kind of learn how he got introduced to investing when he was younger and kind of where he's taken it. So Jack started a teen investing club uh, several years ago when he was in high school. I think he's in college now. He's written a book. It's on Amazon. It's called Teen Investing. He's got a couple other books there as well. I'm going to link up all of his info in the show notes in the description of the podcast. You can find over at stockmarketoptionstrading.com. This is episode 27. But before we get started though, did you know that this podcast is now available on Amazon? If you have an Alexa, try this when you get a second. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Stock Market Options Trading podcast. Give that a shot. Let me know how it goes. All right, let's get into the conversation with Jack Rosenthal and we're starting right now. All right. Jack Rosenthal, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, doing great. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, this is something a little bit different than we do on the show. We talk a lot about technical trading and all these things, but I wanted to back up. So, you know, I have a couple kids who are a little bit younger. My son just turned 13. My daughter's 10 and i know trying to get them in, uh, interested in the market is sometimes difficult so i'm excited to talk to you you've kind of done that and i wanted to get a little bit you know it's kind of a uh, indulge myself on how to how to interest my kids a little more but tell me a little bit about your story about you know how old were you when you got involved with entrepreneurship and investing tell me how you got there
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. So first of all, um, great to get introduced to a new audience. I've never really talked to a trading audience before, so I'm sure it'll be cool to get some exposure to that side. Um, for everyone who doesn't know yet, I'm 18 years old, so you can, you can't hear my voice, but if you might've guessed, I got a younger sounding voice. That's because I am younger. Yeah. I'm only 18. (laughs) I've been investing in the stock market now for 10 years. First started investing when I was eight years old. My grandfather is actually the one who uh, got me started in investing, who I dedicated both of my books to. In fact, I got one of them sitting here with me right now. You guys can't see it via video, but I'm holding up to the camera for those. Yeah.
0: We'll link it all up later. Yeah, for sure.
1: If if you can just picture me holding up the book. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I got started investing when I was eight years old. When I was 14 years old, I started something called the Young Investors Club, which I started with zero members or one member, just me. By the end of that year, I grew to 20 members. And basically the idea was we're going to have a, basically kids put in a thousand dollars each into the stock market and we were going to collectively invest the money together. So by the end of my first year, we had 20 members in and $20,000 approximately under management. Then they, by the time of my junior year of high school, so when I was 16, we had about 40 members and $40,000 in the pot. Um, and then by the end of that year, I decided I wanted to take it and become and make it become one of the largest teen investing clubs in the country. And by the end of that year, we had close to 100 members and over 110 or $120,000 in assets under management, making us the largest that I'm aware of teen investing club in the country, ran that club all throughout high school. Then after high school, when I was done running that club, because I always wanted a high schooler to run the club, I passed it on to another uh, teenager who was still in high school to run the club. But as kind of like a final parting gift to the club, I wrote my first book, Teen Investing. And that was basically a book teaching teenagers about the stock market and everything I had learned about the stock market investing all throughout all those years. The book had a ton of success throughout the club. kids really liked it. So I made the book publicly available on Amazon because I realized it could help any young investor interested in investing. So if you guys want to go check out that book, it's Teen Investing by Jack. Rosenthal on Amazon, and there you go. That's my story.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So many things that I, that I want to ask you. So you said your grandfather got you into investing. What? How, how did he do that? What? What were? What were the? Uh, what was the carrot that he dangled for you to for you to sort of you know actually pay attention and put in the effort? Because you know it's not easy. Totally. You know it's a lot of homework, and we'll talk about your your approach. You know, in a minute. But what was the thing that kind of got you? interested in it, I guess, besides just your grandfather, what did he do?
1: To yeah, well, it's you? a really interesting strategy um, that I've talked about on other podcasts before. He actually let me fail first. That was his way of drawing me in and drawing my interest. So what he did is he gave me a few thousand dollars and he gave my brother at the time also a few thousand dollars. And for my brother, who didn't even know he had an account, he just put it all in the S P 500. And for me, he said, you can do whatever you want with the investments. You can't take the money out, but you can invest it however you'd like. So I invested it in 16 different small cap stocks. And I ended up losing money that first year, lost like 4% that first year when I was eight years old. And I was really a sting at the time. Um, so he kind of basically gave me full control and said, you can do whatever you want and let's just see how you do. Anyway, so I ended up doing badly. And then I kind of came back to him and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to teach you how I invest and how I invest my own money. And I was listening to him a lot more carefully that time, I think. And I think that strategy actually ended up playing out for him. So yeah. that's, uh, that's, how he, that's how he got me interested
0: so what, what were you buying
1: when you were eight years old? I was buying some like oil companies. I think I mean, I was looking at the, some of the stock screeners. and I was like, all right, let me find companies that dropped a lot. And at the time, I was playing in the small cap markets. So companies around a billion dollars were less in market caps. These were much riskier companies, a lot more fluctuation in pricing. I don't really forget kind of what I was looking at. But mm. anyway, I, you know, I was trying to just beat the stock market at eight years old. And most people can't even beat the stock market at 60 years, 60 yeah. years old, let alone eight years old. So unfortunately, I failed just in the beginning. Um, And yeah, that, that's pretty much what I invested. But then he taught me his strategies. And then I learned how to invest a lot better later on. And since then, I've done a lot better in my investments. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you, I know. So having been through the school system, did you go to public
1: school? I went to public school till sixth grade and then private school after sixth grade. Gotcha. I got both.
0: You know obviously if you're if you're buying and selling stocks we're even looking at things like a, a beat down company or earnings or any of that stuff you're obviously that's like way deeper than just saying like oh target I you know we shop at Target or I yeah. see McDonald's I see Starbucks so buying companies that where you see are busy you're actually doing a little bit of homework there with your experience in in the school system what financial education if any was given to you? or part of your, your schooling. Do you re, do you remember like through those no. years?
1: No finance, <laughs> um, none. Right? The, the club, the club is probably single handedly responsible for teaching a hundred teenagers way more about investing in the stock market than they would have ever learned in school. So that what club the, that I created was kind of a way of teaching other teenagers.
0: Yeah. So what about what about just like personal finance? Let's let's because there's investing in and that they kind of thing. Had a one
1: day class in my private school, which is rare, I'd say, even for a private school. But they had a one day class on personal finance that you, was optional. So right. That's about all that. And do. was that yeah. like, but, like
0: budgeting do. and checkbooks and things like that? It, it was,
1: yeah, it was about like, you know, how to save money in your daily routine by, you know, right. Or basically ways to save money, not so much to do with investing.
0: Yeah. So when, when I was in school <laughs> a long time, a longer ago, uh, they had a, they had a class that was called, I think, home economics, something like that. And they would uh, teach you about buying groceries and, you know, saving money. Yeah. So, so they did have like a home ec, but, um, but when it came to investing in any of that stuff, you know, I don't remember anything in high school either. And even after, uh, you know, getting through college, it was mostly the only thing you ever heard was, Oh, you just 401k, you put it in mutual funds and you hope to. Generate money over time, and you know. Yeah, well, that's retire. why I
1: think most Americans die with little to no wealth because they're not taught properly how to invest early on. And I think because of that lack of education as a teenager, or which is really when you start learning about most things for later on in your life, you learn about everything when you're later on in life. For the teenager, you learn about like. You know, just the coming of age stuff, all the coming of age stuff, except the thing you don't learn about, which is probably one of the most important things to your life is money and investing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think most, so many Americans live paycheck to paycheck, but if they had built up wealth that was invested in the stock market, that could eventually produce enough income for them where they could retire because people aren't taught about it early on or they don't start investing early enough. They never really build up enough wealth where they can never, where they can stop working. And most people are just forced to kind of work until the day, until the day they die.
0: I think you, you nailed it on the head there and you add on the, um, effect of not that it's a bad thing, but people are living longer, you know, they're raising retirement age and, you know, generating some kind of income as you get older, it doesn't mean, you know, you could still maybe have social security or something, but you need, you're going to need that little bit of extra. You, you are going to be working. So, um, so I'm glad to hear, you know, there are, you know, there are youth that are not well, totally I I blind so. to the, you know, um, I mean, if anybody's not
1: blind to it, it's going to be me. I hope that I can teach some other teenagers yeah. also. Not to be blind to it. Well, as it well. sounds
0: like you had a, you know, you had people in your life that, that gave yep. you that opportunity. So that's, you know, that's really, and really
1: other important. people aren't as fortunate. And that's kind of why I try and spread the message through my books and, and things like that. And going on podcasts, teaching, teaching parents and teach their kids and just teaching kids in general is like, yeah, if you don't get started investing early on, I mean listen I've never got, I've never lived a whole life so I don't know exactly but for this way it looks like to me is most people kind of get out of college with debt and then they go work a job let's say at a median salary and then all their rent and um, food expenses and all just expenses of life are eating up eating up the full salary of that job and then they work at the job for 20 30 years and then maybe they're able to save a few thousand here and there but and maybe they get a home but besides from that they don't really have any savings and that seems to be the path of millions of Americans.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, So tell me a little bit about the investing club and how that worked. You mentioned that people, uh, other kids put money in, and I did go over the website and just for the listeners, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's younginvestingclub.org. Younginvestorsclub.org. Young investors club. I'm sorry, and I'll link everything up in the uh, description and notes for the podcast too. But um, so, and everything's there for for people who want to check that out. If you have kids, I definitely recommend just see what they're doing over there. But how are you able to put? other people's money into a single account, like from a legal standpoint. Yeah, yeah, There was some stuff I read on there, but I didn't quite understand what it was.
1: Totally. Totally. Okay. So a couple of things. First of all, if you have a parent, if you're a parent or you have a kid that's interested in joining the club, unfortunately you can't really join the club unless you're in New York or you're within an affiliated, your parents have to be a member of a certain chapter of an organization. That's how we initially grew the club. So it'd probably be pretty difficult for a lot of the listeners of this podcast to join the club. So I just want to Preface that. I don't want to give anyone's hopes Sure,
0: sure. No problem. But I
1: would direct them if they're looking to learn more about investing to check out my book on Amazon. That's the first thing. Um, second thing about how we formed the club. So early on, we got a sponsor, which was a financial advisory firm called Gerstein Fisher. They sponsored the club. They gave us all the legal, all the accounting help that we needed. And obviously, the fund wasn't going to be able to pay for it. Even a $100,000 fund is not a big enough fund to be able to cover any of that. Um, so they sponsored all our legal and all our accounting. the way we did it is everyone, we formed an LLC. And then when you join the club, you basically got an ownership position in that LLC. It probably wasn't like entirely legal. It probably didn't follow every single legal thing of a limited partnership. Like if you were to put together a real estate deal and you have to have everyone sign on and everyone's tax, like no one's was getting tax returns or anything like this from the club, but pretty much the way it worked is you put money into the pot. Um, And and then we record the time you invest. And then we record what the value of the pot is when you invest. And then when you want to take your money out eventually, like let's say when you go to college, we record what the value of the fund is then. And then if you grew, you get your thousand dollars back plus whatever percentage that the fund grew by. And that's pretty much how it worked for for everybody. Um, And yeah, but all the money was held through an LLC, through a Charles Schwab account.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. What was your investing approach for, for yeah. the group, because I know it looked like on the website, you guys would have meetings and sort of talk about ideas. How did you guys come to, to make decisions? I would say it was very decisions? like
1: kid-focused investing groups. So what I mean by that is, you know, k- kids would read items in the news, read things about Tesla and, and Amazon and Lululemon and companies that they thought they believed in more or less kind of like you know, if they support the company, supporting the stock. I taught them a little bit about like how to look at the fundamentals of the stock too, um, like, you know, what, maybe one's a good time to buy Lululemon rather than just like you like the overall company. Um, so kind of a combination of what, what me and some of the more experienced kids taught about value investing and about, you know, what to look at when the fundamentals, as well as kids just kind of having ideas of which companies they liked.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. And that kind of thing. Yeah. So you guys would have open discussions about, about- We things. have a meeting
1: and, once every quarter and that's when we talk about everything.
0: Right. And you make decisions. So, so you'd say you're more of a, at the time of value- value approach. That's definitely a
1: value approach,
0: right? It's cool. You can see all our positions. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you go under the website, you can see, I think as of like a month ago, all our latest positions.
0: Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about the book. You have a teen investing book. You also have a book on entrepreneurship. And one thing I wanted to kind of ask you is like what you think the difference is between entrepreneurship and investing. Cause I kind of see that as uh, a lot of people see that as and maybe maybe it's me. It's kind of the same thing. You're really creating a business around a process. And for me, I, I'm you know I'm a trader. I trade mainly options and S and P 500 stuff. That's my business. Uh, but I also like entrepreneurship in the sense of creating you know things on, online and stuff like that. So how how do you how do you think about entre- entrepreneurship and investing?
1: I've always personally thought of them as different things. Um, and that's probably more because my investing approach is a little bit different. I'm not a trader. I'm kind of a buy and hold investor. So there's not really that much work to do You kind of just right. make money, earn it and invest it. And then kind of don't try and avoid touching it because I got a long time horizon. I can just kind of wait forever.
0: True. And like any
1: <laughs> teenagers I teach, Yeah. Um, not forever, but a long time. And
0: it's pretty long. You got a long yeah. time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm kind of a buy and hold. So, so I don't really spend a lot of time investing. So because of that, I've kind of thought of, you know, entrepreneurship and investing is different. What I've always thought and taught is, you know, you kind of use entrepreneurship to build the money in the first place or build wealth in the first place. And then you take those profits and invest in that's so how you can kind of expand it or multiply it and even more.
0: Right. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're using investing in the traditional sense of, uh, you know, buy and hold slash long term investors. So I think that's great. I, I guess I'm a little surprised to hear that from someone so young because there's so much of the get rich quick stuff out there. And you talk about, you mentioned Tesla, you, you know, there's GameStop again. I'm doing this, we're, we're recording this on uh, the end of May. And GameStop is back in the news about the the short crypto. squeeze, crypto, and all these other things. So it's kind of refreshing to hear that you are looking long term. But at the same time, do you find yourself interested in some of these other trading vehicles? Um, and what do you you know what do you think about crypto and some of those um, assets?
1: Yeah, I own a small amount of crypto, um, Ethereum. Um, I think it's a cool asset class. I'm not, yeah, I've never been one to participate in those get rich quick schemes. Like, you know, I I think trading is something that's very difficult. And I think a lot of people try and execute it and fail at it um, because they're not really taught correctly how to do it. And there's a lot of get rich quick schemes around both crypto and trading. I'd say there's a lot of uh, core sellers and a lot of... um, people that teach online in that space that I think the majority of their students end up losing money doing those strategies. So I've never really been one to follow the strategies. That saying said, I know that trading has worked for a ton of people like you and and many others, many as well as big firms that just specialize in just trading and produce Mm -hmm. billions of dollars in profits on it. Um, But where's I going? Yeah. So I personally own some cryptocurrency. I think that it is cool. I think it down the line will, will be more of a payment system, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line. I I personally don't I find it hard to believe how it could beat the US dollar out. Um, but I think that there's definitely a lot more room to grow in crypto, especially the blue chip ones like Bitcoin and Ethereum, particularly mm-hmm. Ethereum. Ethereum is tied to NFTs. I think that NFTs in the long run are going to kind of be similar to artwork or each artwork is going to have an NFT attached to it and the NFT is still going to be valuable. So like Say someone's painting a famous painting that goes for $60 million, they're going to also have an NFT of that painting, and it's going to kind of be attached with it at first, but then might be able to have some separate value. And Ethereum is the main currency that people use to trade those. So I think Ethereum definitely has some value, and um, I think it's probably worth a lot more than $300 billion in, in total market cap. I think it's worth a lot more than that. So I own some Ethereum, and I'd like to buy some more.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's funny because when I look at crypto, I I do trade it a little bit, and I usually find when I'm trading it, I lose. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's because it's so volatile, and it's 24 hours. And I wake up one day, and I'm up, and I wake up the next day, and I'm down. And you know, I, I have a small amount allocated, but I'm starting to lean. I mean, I believe in the long term story of crypto as well, and I think what you're saying is you know um, you know accurate about. Trading the Ethereum and Bitcoin, which are kind of like the networks, versus um, some of the individual um, coins and things like that. So I think that approach is probably your best bet. It's just allocating a certain percentage and just you know see how it goes over time because I do think there's a space for it in the future. So, um, so you you mentioned that you you're in college now, is that right? Yep, just
1: finished so, on my first freshman year of college. So what are you studying in college? Um, so i study i'm going to study finance i haven't declared a major yet but i'm going to declare for finance
0: finance yeah I was, I was gonna say that would that would make sense right i, I was, yeah, I was that, gonna be surprised surprise if you said yeah yeah i was, was gonna be surprised if you uh said um, something else but um so back to the books you have teen entrepreneurship and teen investing 101 so let's talk about me for a second my situation so i have a son who's uh who's 13 and my daughter is actually Pretty smart. Um, Which one of those books do you think might be the best place to start for them? I mean, I know they're a little bit young. You think that's beyond someone that's...
1: No, um... no. It's been for like a 13, 12, all the way up to 19, 20. Okay. So it's pretty... Um... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like too complex or anything like that. I wrote the first book when I was 17, the second one when I was 18. Um, if your son's interested in entrepreneurship and kind of lemonade stands and, you know, starting a business and selling stuff online or, you know, making money through entrepreneurship, definitely recommend the entrepreneurship book for him. If he's looking at something like Robin Hood or Robin Hood or he wants to get his portfolio started early on, then I'd recommend the team investing one or better yet, you can get both. But yeah, I would say, yeah, it kind of depends on his interest. What are his interests?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay. trying to figure that. Well,
1: here's Dad, and you don't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Know. Well,
0: you know, I shouldn't say I don't know his interest. His interests are video games. Um, you know, we he he sees a lot of what I do. I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. So to yep. me, that and I have a, a you know my network that that, um, of community around trading. So I would say there, the there's some entrepreneurial book. aspects for him, to those things.
1: I'd say the teen investing one, that one's yeah. been the best seller and that one's probably more geared towards a younger audience. Some of the kids that write in to me are like 13 years old themselves. I put my email at the end of the book and I always get emails every once in a while. Yeah. So yes, probably for him, a more basic book would be the teen investing book.
0: Great. So you can get that on Kindle you get hardback? Or um, uh, there books? is a soft cover. Very cool. Well, this was awesome. You know, as someone who's a little bit older, it's really nice to hear from someone younger who isn't trying to to get rich quick, who's thinking the long game. I mean, you obviously got a, a good head start on all of this, so I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm gonna link up all your books and things in the in the description, and yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Jack. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, really appreciate you having me on. Um, as I said, great to chat with the new audience. I don't talk to traders very often. Obviously, I could tell, tell everyone that I don't try and pretend to be. I'm not a trader. I'm a buy and hold investor. But yeah, I think it's really important to spread the message of, you know, get started in investing early.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, even if people just started investing, period, they do a lot better on later in life.
0: Yeah, getting started early is the key. I wish I had started a lot earlier. <laughs> but all right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.